Right, ladies and gentlemen, you know, today we got a great interview here in Chicago, Illinois. We go talking to our brother Tyrone Muhammad. Tyrone, yes, thank you for joining us on the show today. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, my brother Phil. All right, Tyrone. Now, you know, many people know who you are. You've been all over the media in different parts of the world, but there are some people that don't know who you are. Share people just a little bit about the story. Well, look, my name is Tyrone Muhammad. I'm the executive director for ECCSC, that's Ex-Cons for Community and Social Change. Born and raised in Chicago, um, Inglewood, and uh, man, all my life. And really, I just uh, recently, over the last five years, um, returned back to society from serving a 21-year prison sentence. And uh, while sitting in prison, I just got, I grew tired of watching the, um, the recidivism rate, just in and out of young brothers coming back and forth while I was serving my time. And from now I say, you know what, it's clear to me that society don't have an answer for reformation and reentry. So that's where I started and founded Ex-Cons for Community and Social Change. And I wanted it to be an offense and a, uh, to agitate the powers that be to say, hey, Ex-Cons have a voice. We are also the, the individuals who everybody use as a tool for reentry, violence prevention, mental health service, housing. Everyone gets paid off the returning citizen's body, but the returning citizen never controls his own destiny. So ex-cons also is a double entendre that represents unknown. So we got a bunch of unknown and untapped potential languishing in prisons and graveyards and on these communities in every city in, in corners in every cities of America. Hence, ex-cons for community and social change and we wanted to be the change we want to see because we understood that pastors and politicians wasn't going to fix our issues that it was going to take us to save us, which is our model. So why do you think the recidivism rate is so high here in Chicago? Well, you just think about it. 18 to 24 years old, over 70% unemployment rate. The uh, um, extraordinary disinvestment in the communities. Um, and then the gang, drug, and violence issue. When you deal with the 1994 Clinton crime bill that ushered in mass incarceration, now and Joe Biden was a part of that. Mm. And then you talked about the 80s war on drugs. And then you talk about all the issues and ills that is used black men in our uh, bodies as tools for the private prison industry as well as the prison industrial complex of America, right? And so now you have no true reformation, you have no true reentry policy that restore these guys to useful citizenship. You often release them back into, into society worse off than when they went in prison. So that's one reason we have no re resources or we have no uh, mental health treatment and prisons have become the mental health treatment centers. Those kind of remind me of what Biden said back in 1993 uh, at the time, where he said that, you know, they may have issues and they need treatment possibly, but they need to do it in jail. Wow. So what I often remind people that have mm -hmm. prejudice and judgment about prisoners in prison. Mm -hmm. Society created prisoners. Prisoners then create society. Mm -hmm. So the issues and ills started before they ever went to prison. So now you have a, uh, these affected men uh, in prison, languishing in prison without any real substantive treatment. 
And then now we release these men and women back into society, into the communities they was released from that's already poverty-stricken, violence-ridden, back into them communities with no housing, no opportunity. So when you say, what's the deal with recidivism? I haven't given these individuals nothing to do. I haven't made them accountable while they were sitting in prison because in prison, the only thing you have to do is serve your time. There's no true reformation. I can sit in a cell and do nothing. And then remember, in prison are the worst of all people, types of people in society. So now I get to learn a little something from all the worst of everybody in society with no checks and balances. There's no incentive for me to do better and be better in prison because there's no hope. You know, we release them back without any uh, 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 real transformative measures like for instance all we require to do is time but if society or the politician made it um, a part of your sentence that you must transform yourself you must renew your thinking there has to be programs they've taken Pell Grants out of prison so college is not even accessible in prison no more um, like it was when I was there, that we, I, I gained two associate degrees while sitting in prison. It is not, that is not the case today. They haven't, they, they've taken Pell Grants out of colleges, so education is not a real idea in prison either, even though um, education has been proven to reduce recidivism. And, you know, when we was watching the press conference y'all done about, you know, the, um, illegal immigrants being yeah, put in our community yes, and you may and I think the sister or even you talked about yeah. in Chicago like 74 percent of the uh, homeless are, are black Americans yeah so and you mentioned yeah. about what 20,000 or so? 18,000 18, or more or formerly incarcerated persons yeah, could you expand on yeah. that well you know most of us it's like in Chicago state of Illinois 30,000 people are released from prison so for me I since been 21 years in prison so two decades, that means your family has moved on sometime, the communities have been gentrified, they don't look the same, uh, the people you grew up with are no longer in those neighborhoods or communities, or they've died or moved on, your family members have moved on to other places, and now the halfway houses are, are few and far between, and a lot of guys are released to temporary housings only to be kicked out the homes of their families as well as these halfway houses. So you got over 20,000 and 18,000 to 20,000 people that's, that's homeless, living from place to place, shelter to shelter, woman to woman, uh, uh, location to location. They have no housing and that's the oxymoronic nature and hypocritical nature of it all is that you can house me with taxpayer money for 21 years. That means food, feed me every day, clothe me every day and keep a roof over my house every day as long as I'm serving time. But even with the three years that I'm out on parole, the state isn't required to put me up for three years to make sure I can properly amalgamate back into society safely. Mm -hmm. But then the same people, right? You mentioned about homeless and different issues of black Americans yeah. you have right here in this city. That's right. And then uh, Brandon Johnson and the Democrat yeah. Party, which mm -hmm. I say the Democrat Party because this has been their particular uh, sanctuary, monetary, city. sanctuary yeah. cities, all that. So all these issues dealing with black people, like, you know, they're suffering in the neighborhoods, crime, there's different things they're suffering. Expound, expound to me how y'all feel about them just bringing everybody then mm -hmm. taking resources 
and from schools that was closed by Rahm Emanuel, oh, wow. schools were closed and putting them there. Like, how do you, how do y'all so feel about the it? hypocrisy of it all? And I, I can't understand for the life of me. I do understand because there's a social conditioning that black people have been on forever to vote for this particular party mm -hmm. that delivers and gives them nothing, right? Right. And we've asked for the South Shore School that was also being used as a place to train police with the dissent decree on how to be better officers, right? Mm -hmm. And then we were supposed to be allowed to use those schools to, to do real, like I always say, behavior modification at rich youth and young men who will commit crime or then fall by the wayside. They, was, they said that we can use those schools alongside the police because you, got, you have pools in some of them, you have basketball courts, and you have a, auditoriums in these schools right. that we can now educate, entertain our young people, and give them opportunity for self-expression. We wasn't allowed to use them. But then here we go. We're talking 51 million, really like 76 million, because I think it was 25 spent before then, and the 51 is just the, that the additional ask. To house migrants, non-citizens, mm -hmm. while our community suffers. And often you're putting these migrants in the worst communities that's already disinvested, right? And these cities and communities are ran by Democrats. You can't continue to blame the Republican Party because they often do this, right? The Republicans sending them, the Republicans sending them. If I was the man in Texas, I'd send 20000 a day. Because if the parties, if you're saying to me that I can't protect the borders and that anyone should be allowed to cross these borders mm -hmm. and we have the better brunt of all of this, I understand both sides. Mm -hmm. I understand sanctuary cities, but not before you deal with the issues and ills that have affected black people in America for, for generations, for centuries. And this hypocritical notion at best to say you're going to take care of non-citizens before you take care of citizens. That's my issue with it all. And you mentioned a figure of $76 million. What, what do you think that money could do in the black community? $76 million. Let's take two communities, uh, some of the most um, crime-ridden communities. One thing I would love to do is create viable training programs for young men and boys, right? So when I go downtown and I look at the billion, 56, 70 billion dollars worth of development going on downtown, those sites, those construction sites, only you, they don't have 3% black men on those. Latinos and white men are building those sites. And then when we come in our communities, we allow white men and Latinos to build in our communities, while black men are languishing in prisons and graveyards. And that's because we have no viable skills. You close down all the vocational schools. I went to CVS, Chicago Vocational Schools, and that's where I took up aviation power plant, right? Mm -hmm. So you have none of that going on right now. I, Dunbar, I think Dunbar was, is not the same. And they've taken all the vocational courses. And so there's other groups of people who've taken over the training aspect of their children while leaving our children the language and um, um, like I say, graveyards and prisons is, is our only lot, seem like, in this city. And, and, and the Democrat Party, you know, they just feel they expect our votes, and then they say, well, we're not like the Republicans, right? That's what they always say. We're not like the Republicans, but are you really not like the Republicans? Well, think about this. 
you're worse than the Republicans. Yeah. Republicans not claiming to serve us. Mm-hmm. The Republicans not sitting around saying they're going to help black people in these communities better themselves. They're not necessarily saying that. We're saying that. We're saying there's something for everybody, but we don't have nothing for nobody, right? Mm-hmm. It's something for nobody that's in America or nobody that's saying the day that in these communities that's having poverty issues and, and mental health issues. So when in the state of Illinois, it's a Republican state, I mean, a Democratic state, you think about it from every level, from the lieutenant governor, that's a black woman, all the way down to the county board president, all the way down to all the black commissioners, all the way down to the to mayor is black. Mm-hmm. The police chief is black. All, uh, uh, tens of state reps, that's black. Over 150 black elected positions in this city. And, and we, you talking Democrat, I'm talking black. You, see, if you're looking at the party as a whole, we failed our community. But the onus and the disrespect to me is that we have allowed black elected officials to go to Springfield, to go to these houses, these elected houses and, and, and uh, committees to represent us with no accountability. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves to allow our black people, those ones we send in these uh, offices, to languish in our communities without being at their doorsteps every day to hold them accountable for the disinvestment. I don't fault J.B. Prisca. Lori Lightfoot allowed these, even from Brandon Johnson's situation, he just took on the rims of something that was all, the, the eels of something that was already there. Lori Lightfoot sent the, allowed these people to come in here that way and put them in these schools without our permission, without our uh, uh, advice, or without our um, support. So with that being said, our black elected officials are the problem. In well, this city. Well, well I, no, they, this is all all over America because this is two things I've noticed about black politicians. They are black faces representing white supremacy That's and right. white interests. That's right. And if they're not going to do that, then you're not going to really see them long. Right. And number two, if you're a black politician, two things you can't do, punish white people, help black people. Hmm. That's interesting. But it's Think unacceptable. It. No, that's real. That's what's happening. It's unacceptable for me. Like I said, and I'm going to keep saying it. For the, the only lot for black men and boys is graveyards and prisons. I'm going to keep printing that. I'm going to keep pushing that, that we have to eliminate mass incarceration and we have to reduce violence in the city. But violence needs a job. You have to train them in skills and replace the negative behavior with some positive. That's what's happened to me, whether we like it or not. I heard the Minister Farrakhan, Honorable Minister Lewis Farrakhan, speak one time, and I changed my life. I knew I could no longer kill my brothers and sisters. I knew I could no longer sell cocaine and heroin and pump dope into my communities like that. I knew that was a that was a no-no. But it takes guidance and understanding. But oftentimes, how would the people know unless they had a teacher? And how would they have a teacher unless one is sent, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to be uh, intentional. And then we got to approach the people in their language and their paradigm and where they at in order to tap into their social emotional and all these things that everybody has used as a tool to get funding for to fix our issue. Our issues are only going to be fixed by us. No one else, no white groups and organizations that, that receives all of the wealth, all of our tax dollars in the name of solving issues of black people. We can no longer allow them to do that. We have to be uh, uh, foremost and upfront 
about dealing with the behaviors of our sons and our daughters, our nephews, our cousins, and the women, your boyfriends, and everybody else that you allow to live in your house. Because these guns that these young boys have, they are being stored somewhere. They're being stored in the house of women and mothers, grandmothers. Mm -hmm. You have to be intentional, sisters. When the sisters are intentional about that stuff, it won't happen. They can help reduce it instantly because now you're not allowing this young man to bring guns and weapons in your home to kill another woman's child. Right. And, that's, and that's a serious issue. So everything you're telling me just makes more sense of what we talk about constantly about the need of lineage-based reparations in the form of cash payments. And that's the only thing that's going to solve the problem. Absolutely. Because when you get cash an injection of wealth into communities. You can start businesses. Yep. You can get the training that yep. you need. You can get the young men off the streets. Yes. So that's why we talk about reparations all the time. But I, 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 I don't like the reparation as a notion of payment, right? I mean, people always say, well, just get the money, do what you want. No, you don't get the money and give it back to them. It makes no sense. We're so ignorant. We're so fashion oriented. And all the clothing lines are owned by white men or women. Mm -hmm. We can't do that. We have to first, part of the reparations would be that you will have to do edu economic education before you can ever get reparations. Your household has to understand economics and how it works. Stock, bond, mutual fund, CD, money, market, Roth IRA counts. You need to know something about how money moves, how the dollar sits in our community versus other communities, right? You have to be, I have to, you have to have education before you can even get reparation. I have to, that should be a part of reparation that we educate ourselves economically first. And I keep saying people, educate, educate, educate. I mean, uh, uh, reparation, reparation, reparation. For what? So I can go give the money right back to, to Rolls Royce, Bentley, so I can give it back to so, Louis. Let me tell you about that. Go let ahead. me tell you about that. I've heard that argument. Yeah. And you will have people that go do that. You look at the, the reparations they gave the Japanese for the internment camp, yep. right? No one with the Japanese community said, hey, we need education. Hey, they will get the money back. Some probably did, right? Yes. But not everyone will. But no somebody, one has ever been culturally violated, dominated, morals, folkway, values, norm. You said what you just said, the Japanese. Mm -hmm. What's our culture? Yeah, what's our America, language? Black America. What's our, we don't yeah. even know. Because yeah. I, I call, brother, what's up, black man? I ain't no black man. I'm African. What's up, African-American? I ain't no African-American. I'm a See, until you educate us, we figure out a consensus group to talk about who we are in this country, for one. Mm -hmm. and, and you can't go Chinese-American, Japanese-American. I ain't, I ain't never been to Africa. This has been our, this has been our land. We built this. We built this. We just, we have as much right to this country as anyone else. And we should stand on that. So who are we? What are we? And how do we determine our value, our culture, our folkways, folk morals, and norms? We have none. That's why every week we trend them with something different and new. Now it's the chair. I'm seeing people wearing a daggone chair around their neck. <laughs> yeah. I see people wearing anything we do. We are so, we are so, we, we are so, our character, our personality, and our, who we are as a people, we create so many influences. Then we are so influenced by the most negative things in the world. The positive things, when I go viral for showing the brother who got shot, a uh, uh, this, 
then I won't go viral for shedding the construction site sign I'm saying, hey, you need to hire black people. You're hiring young men. You're going to train them. I won't go viral for standing up. I go viral for throwing a brick through a window at a nail salon. Mm -hmm. but, but I didn't go viral going there three times before that telling him, hey, you can't keep disrespecting black women. Black women, please stop supporting groups and people that don't support and respect you. So once again, the dollar that we receive, you giving it right back to the enemy who don't even value you and respect you. So we have to be educated, bro, because we are the most affected by slavery, the, uh, transatlantic slavery. And, and it's, it's still going on because we're so bombarded by all type of media, social media, music, uh, magazines. We have to find out who we are first. That's why you have a Noble Drew Ali, an Honorable Elijah Muhammad. That's why you had a Marcus Garvey. That's why you had these individuals to try to help us, W.E.B. Du Bois, Booker T. Washington conflict, to try to determine who and what we are. So, so education. So, so your position is financial education. Yes. But you support cash payment reparations. Absolutely. Okay. But, I just want to but make sure I say like, that. like for anything, I'm not going to. So we have a thing called subsidized housing in Chicago, mm -hmm. where it allows you to move in in the neighborhoods of affluent people in the high rises. You may have people who right. came from the project. Right. That's the old saying, you can take the person out the mm -hmm. project, but you can't take it out of him. Mm -hmm. So you have people that go in these communities in location and they act as though they own the block. But here's a million dollar home you live next to. There's a, 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 a these people paying uh, 500,000 for their condo, but you getting it as subsidized rent and rate. But then that should be an educational process that teach you how to coexist, that deal with the ethical standards that you have, the moral implication, the aesthetics, of what this looked like, what that isn't. We still have to evolve as a people. If we're Africans, we wasn't around with bones and acting like clowns. Everybody, <laughs> based on this stereotype, you have to teach our people uh, character, how to have discipline. What's, what, what, how, what disrespect look like? I can't smoke weed next to your balcony. I can't do certain things to you. I can't have my dogs. I can't have my homies all swimming in a pool from Inglewood. When I'm down here in this, this location, you got to teach people how to have a better life. We got to teach them quality of care and behavior. And we, 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 that's just, we can't get around that because we can't coexist if I'm picking up my dog mess and you leaving your dog mess on the, floor, on the ground. That's not right. That's not fair to me or the people living in this complex or the block. Right. But I, I will say this, there are people right here in the city of Chicago, look at a lot of these small business owners who are yep. black, right? Yep. Um, if they were to have that kind of injection of capital, I always tell people, small business, black small business, if they're allowed to grow, they can do what? Hire people in the neighborhood. See, the black businesses can help with this unemployment situation, but the biggest thing that black businesses don't get is capital. So we have enough black millionaires. But see, that's I, my problem right I, there. I got, we, they no. do, I hold them accountable more than I hold these white establishment that, that, that comes in our community and exploit us for our capital and our ignorance, right? Mm -hmm. They are not raising up the community 
on par as they're asking to be funded and taken care of. This everything you just said they would do. I'm with you. They don't I'm, often listen, do it. I'm with you. And I, I've been down that road, but you know why I kind of threw that mindset away? It's because you can't force people to do it unless they have a community mindset. So I think it's, I think just my opinion. You well, you can't force me to patronize you since you don't have a community mindset. See, mm -hmm. see, you can have it both ways, right? Yeah. Are we going to be black? Are we going to be total, totally black? Are we going to be African or are we not? It's like you can't say we're going to take some of the values of not being, there's no compulsion in this, but then I expect you to do this. That should be a compulsion and you supporting black business. That should be a compulsion and you funding black businesses. And that could, should be a compulsion of black businesses being used as a tool of elevation and moral standards of how you now build everything around that black stone. It can't be, it can't have it both ways. I'm going to challenge them every time to say, okay, if you don't feel you need to take in a shorty that's around here conducting himself in an improper manner, then you should also feel that I shouldn't have to come here and patronize you. I should also go and patronize someone else and, and that should be okay too don't say nothing about me not supporting black businesses if you're not going to hold the same standard of onus on black businesses to be just as intentional about who else they raise up as they're raised up now we got black businesses dominating everything because we each one teach one each one help one and that's what that's have always been my whole issue even with our brother willie dr willie wilson in the way that he was giving out money, giving fish instead of teaching people how to fish. I would have never gave Arabs an influx of five to 10 million for gas without, without owning, opening up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Why would he do that? Because that's his way. It is often, I, I, I can't judge his way, mm -hmm. but I can have an opinion about his way. Right. I can say economically, that's not sound. Economically, well, well, what Arabs have came injected five or ten million? None. Okay, I just want to know that. You, you get okay. my point. Okay. I, I, I'm saying that it's a bunch of open, vacant gas stations open so that if Dr. Willie Wilson owned the gas station as a black man, guess where I'm going out of my way to go to? Mm -hmm. Dr. Wilson gas station. Mm -hmm. But we, instead of him taking five to ten million and opening four or five gas stations, we gave gas away that goes up in the air and smoke. So $5 million was influxed into the Arab community yep. that not even 10% of that came back into our community. Yet we, the gas, once it's over with, once you ride the gas, it goes in the atmosphere and you need gas again. But now imagine if we owned or what if he took that $5 million and said, come on to my gas station and I give you free gas. But he owns the gas. He owned the gas station. It's, it's still now I'm creating a culture to support a black gas station, a black business, because he serves us. It's just, you know, it's, I, it, it's like a no brainer. But I can't tell a man what to do with his money. Right. Mm -hmm. Just like the whole reparation issue. You can't tell me how to spend my money if it's my money. You're right. Because I'm going to be somewhere trying to create a business to take some of that money back that you're going to give to someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's your point, that there will be black businesses that's created as a result of that. Yeah. But, but not enough. You have more rampant ignorance 
than you have education. You know what? I, 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 I'm going to challenge you on something about Please. that. Yes, you do have that, and, I, and I'm, I agree. But from my experience with just black people, yes, sir. you have more black people who are not that way than those who are that way. Those who are that way, from what I've seen in my lifetime, is a small section of our community. Because we have, what, 40 plus million black people. Yep. The majority of us aren't like that way. So since I know we aren't that way, and a lot of those people who are that way, because of, like I say, economic conditions, yeah. oppression, yeah. you know, the police being militarized in the yeah. areas. So, just, so that's created by white supremacy, actually. But the majority of black folk that I know, like you got a sister that got a salon, right? Yep. She may need, if you give that sister $100,000, she's not going to trick it off. She's going to take that $100,000 and expand that salon, hire people, or maybe a brother that's a barber, or somebody got a restaurant, or somebody got a tax service, or somebody who's a general contractor. I'm, my mindset is on those black people that say, man, if I had an extra 100000 if I had the extra 200000 No, no, they should get it. I'm going to hire these people no and doubt. do this in my community because I care no. about my community because statistically, black people hire, you're talking about ex-cons, black people hire people that come out of prison at higher rates than white people do. So that means we do need more black people, all the people that's established, we need those to get money so they can grow, so they can hire our people. That's, no, so I, I'm, I'm I, I with you on that. the right businesses. I'm, I'm and I'm going to challenge you on this. We got $3 trillion influx of money or more, probably four now, coming mm -hmm. to our communities. Mm -hmm. I'm on the mindset that we are, I don't know what we would be in standing in terms of uh, if we came together with our resources in terms of country, what we would be in and fit in there. Probably a top 10 country, for sure. I, I, I'm imagining it. I, I know what we do with the revenue. I have statistical data and analysis. I have real metrics that shows what we do with our money now. I'm with you. So, I'm with so you. even with those I businesses, I still think that we, we are focused, and that's where the education come in, with, and that's because all of us are not rooted in passing something on. For mm -hmm. instance, in my mind, no matter how much money you have, you can't take it to the graveyard with you. Right. No matter what's your credit score, you can't take it to the graveyard with you. Right. No matter all the material possessions that we acquire, we can't take it to the graveyard with us, yet we are in constant pursuit of those things. So my education, the educational level that I want our people to be on is to understand the value of nation building and what that represents. We are not there yet. We are not there because we're still able to pit this group against this group, this intellectuals, this intellectuals. And like I often tell my Greek and sorority and fraternity brothers, the oxymoronic nature of calling yourself a Greek and you're African. These people, to me, uh, they're the boule. They, if you they, know about the boule, yeah. you know their problem. So, so I will be seen as the person that's the fool, that's of the course. idiot, that's because I served 21 years, but really I had the best education in the world. I don't know no one who stay in school 21 years as a doctor, a lawyer, anybody. So I use my time wisely to get my mindset focused on the mission I had to do once I was released. Because people often wonder, how you get into this? Because I was already in school preparing to sit in front of Phil.
mm-hmm. to talk about this and the stuff that I do to just jump out of a vacuum. Right. I had to prepare myself that death to me wasn't as important as the resurrection of our community and the mindset. And people may not like my method or my way, but then I often tell people, I've never seen a man more dedicated to peace and love and unifying the people than Dr. King, and he did. Yeah. So it doesn't even matter about your way because Malcolm had the opposite way, mm-hmm. and he's dead. And we did not follow them. We did not protect them. Whether we talking Megan Evers, whether we talking Fred Hampton, we let the police go in and murder him openly. And we didn't tear this country up. So many countless of lives that's lost from George Floyd to all of these issues and ills, man. We are looking for martyrs to save us instead of standing forth as martyrs of our own individual home, space, community. The police have never protected and saved us. Never. I've never been in a time where the police responded to any well, issues. Not, or but, but the police wasn't created to protect exactly. So that's why. I, so you get the Black Panther yeah. Party. Mm-hmm. You get these defense deacons of defense. You get all these groups, the FOI. You get these groups that come along that say we have to maintain and protect our own women and our children. More of that is being lost. So I already understand I come from that generation of men and um, guidance that says, you know, it's going to take us to save us. And I'm not looking outside of ourselves, just like with the reparations. We have enough billionaires and millionaires that from block to block, the corner to corner, as Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan always say, that if we didn't have money, why do foreigners come to our communities yeah, and set up businesses? Say, so stop lying. These companies, I've watched it and I'm going to say it live and publicly right now. I've watched or saw young men rob grandmama, auntie, their mothers coming out of currency change, coming out of stores, coming out of their homes and cars. And I'm not promoting anything, but I want to tell you an observation. I've never seen a Brinks truck pull up to a liquor store. I've never seen a Brinks truck pull up to Baba's, a grocery store, the gas station. I've never seen a Brinks truck pull up to any of these stores, Dunkin' Donuts, any of these stores in the subway in our community. I never saw bring trucks pull up to put collect their money. Yet they walk out of our community with thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a day from each one of these businesses. And we don't do nothing about it. I'm not promoting robbery, but I'm telling you, I'm showing you the mindset, the ignorance of us, that we would spend time robbing our women and children, killing our and we would let Everybody else walked through our community without even paying the tariff, without even putting uh, a community benefit agreements in to that store or anything. That talks about the education and the mindset. That's a level of fear and inferiority complex that allows you to think that don't don't make you see that robbing grandmama is a no-no. But but the exploiters, yes. 
you're going to explore our community, then this is the cost you may pay for not having our protection and our security for coming in our communities. If we allow you to come here, you better to be able to be grateful and benefit from, you're benefiting from um, um, that thing that is our revenue that you send back to enrich your family and your community. They build communities. You go to Indian, they got Indian, they got communities in, in Chicago or in Illinois. You go to the Arab community, they got communities in the, that, that's used from the wealth of our community. Our community built those communities. You go to Chinatown, you go anywhere. Our community built those communities, yet they give nothing back, nor do they respect our dollar or they respect us as people. Well, I mean, and also, they don't have to check in. They don't have to check in. See, 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 if a black person come around, I oh, gotta you, check you got to check in. Who you know out here or whatever is going to be a problem. See? But them people don't know nobody. They, they check in with nobody, nobody and, and, and you have no problem shopping. They'll, tell you, they'll go upside your head in them, them stores if they got to. And yeah. nobody do nothing. Nobody ready to ride down on anything. But so, like you yeah. said, as a black person, black person, you ready to take I'm going to kill you for coming to, from, where you from? Houston. I'm going to kill you from coming from Houston. You didn't check in with me. Man, people come in our neighborhood every day. And when they get through making money off of you, they send the next group of persons to take that store over. They don't sell it to you. They don't even, they ain't even, they don't fear you enough to even partner with you. So this coming a day to me, man, and I like to talk these issues, and that's that thing we was talking about on, off the camera that talks about when you say this or say that, when you get to this point, that's when they watch you. Mm -hmm. When you get to talking about how you overthrow something or how you build or how you take back the power in your communities that's not rooted in pastors and politicians, because I'll call them PPs. Pastors, politicians, they're PPs, they pee, and police, PPs, they pee on our head and tell us it's raining. They constantly pissing on us. Mm -hmm. And we allow them to piss on us and piss on us. And we continue to even vote for that party mm -hmm. that continue to piss on us. And yet we have no response but to continue to vote for the party that piss on us. It is no wonder that in the scriptures that God say, the elderly will, or the old will wander in the wilderness and die off. And the children will inherit the land. That's what's happening. These kids are saying, hey, you've created the disinvestment. You've left nothing for me. So why shouldn't I commit home invasion on you? Why shouldn't I rob you? Why shouldn't I carjack you? You don't even buy me a bike. You got businesses in our community that don't invest even in the kids, man. We got churches in our community a thousand in a mile that use 501c3 and political dollars as a tool to justify oppressing the people in the community. Right. These pastors and politicians, they say separation of church and state, yet they have souls to the polls. Yep. So the politicians and the pastors, PPs, are one and the same. They're constantly pissing on us, man. And so when Tyrone Muhammad stand up and say, thus said the Lord, we ain't doing this no more. Uh, I'm seeing this radical. I'm seeing it this. I'm seeing this that. But I'm not going to stop because I have a mission and I have a goal and I have a job to do to get our people to educate themselves to see that these are your oppressors. Stop looking at white folks. The, the white supremacy, we could say that, we know about that system, we said that. But then you 
you just picked it up just because we don't create guns. We don't create extended clips, SIGs, Glocks, and all those assault rifles. We don't create bullets. We don't create heroin and cocaine. Yet we are affected by all of that. Same with our elders and our intellectual intelligentsia of our communities. Yeah, we know about the system, but that don't mean you have to play in it. Mm -hmm. That don't mean you have to be the one to pick it up and use it as a tool to better yourself and further your career at the oppression of us. Right. So we got to hold them accountable, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And with that said, tell people how they can get in contact with you because they may ask some questions about what you say, and yeah. I want them to talk to you about and it. I wish me. they would. <laughs> I wish so they let would. people know how to get in contact with you. Well, my name is, as I said, Tyrone Muhammad. I'm the executive director for XCONS for Community and Social Change. You can find us on eccse.org. That's eccse.org. Um, TyroneMuhammad.com. Facebook, uh, Twitter, Tyrone Muhammad. Instagram, Tyrone Muhammad. Also, Tyrone Muhammad for Senator.com 2026. Tyrone Muhammad. U.S. Senator 2026. All right, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check out all those links. Uh, our brother Tyrone Muhammad here, and it was, it was a great conversation with Tyrone. Thank you for joining us today. We greatly appreciate it. No doubt. Thank you for having right. me. Thank you.